the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John. I've been studying on lots of different places in the Word of God, but God told me this morning this is why He wants me to preach today. And uh, I want us to look at these things in the first chapter. First chapter of 1 John. Very simple. Very simple. But I want us to see these things, and I pray that God might help us with it and give you something that will strengthen you, encourage you, challenge you, blister you if you need to be blistered, convict you if you need conviction, comfort you if you need comfort. And only the Word of God can do that. I can't do it, but God can. He knows how to do it, and I appreciate the, the Lord. In First John... Chapter 1, we'll stand and read together. Only 10 verses, we'll read those 10 verses. And then we'll share some things out of this, and I pray that God might help us. A lot of questions in people's minds, but you can't find answers from nowhere but the Word of God. This book will answer every problem you've ever had. It'll answer every problem that you have now. And it'll answer every problem that you'll have in days ahead. I guarantee that. Upon the authority of the Word of God. Now you'll have to listen to it. You'll have to obey it. You'll have to do what it says. Amen. And you'll get those blessings. Now the Bible said in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, With our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. He said, Preacher, I ain't seen him. When John's talking about his physical labor and ministry with the Lord Jesus. This is a testimony of John the Apostle. Verse 2, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Paul's, John's saying, what I've seen, I'm telling you. He said, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Amen. I've been waiting on that for a long time. Don't die. Joy. Amen. This then is the message which ye have heard of Him. And declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Careful, John. Get on a bad subject here. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Now you can be seated and I'll pray. Father, give us wisdom and understanding. Help us to lift and exalt and magnify Christ. I pray, Lord, that we might today stand in the gap and try to make up the hedge in this message and declare the truth, nothing but the truth. Lord, that we might hear it, understand it, grasp it, lean on it, draw on it, and Father, follow after it and we'll give you the praise and the glory. May your people hear May they apply it. Lord, may they appropriate it in their life. And Father, go out to practice it. Lord, if we practice your word, we've got to have a good life. And we appreciate that. But I pray God we'll have the desire to follow after it. We'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor. 
Forgive us of our sin. Lord, I pray that we might exalt. Give us that heavenly anointing. Touch our lips. Touch our mind. Touch our heart. And God, may we speak for your glory as the oracles of God. And we'll give you the glory and praise for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I want to look at this book of 1 John. There's a whole lot looking at it. Matter of fact, you'll find uh, these 10 verses. Every verse uh, has got one of these words in it. The word our, you, your, and us. When you get home, see if you can find all of them. And uh, John's talking to himself. Sometimes he's talking to others. He's talking to you and me. And I thank God for that that you'll find in this book. Amen. You'll find in the first verse, He's the Word of Life. We find in verse number 2, not John, but Jesus. We find He's the eternal life. Verse 3, He's our fellowship. In verse 4, He's our joy. In verse 5, He's the light of our life. And verse 6, He's the truth. And verse number 7, He's our our cleansing through His blood. In verse number 8, He's our truth. And we done talked about he's the truth, but he's not only the truth, he's our truth. In verse number 8, in verse number 9, he's our forgiveness. And in verse number 10, he is, thank God, the Word of God. Amen. That's enough right there just to think on for a little bit. It'll help you and bless you. And I praise God that he's going to do that today. Now let me just give you some things that I believe will be a help, a blessing, a strength, an encouragement to your heart. I look in these and it blesses my soul. In our modern day, there's some things that are not popular. There's some things that are not important. There's other things that is more important than another thing. Are you with me? Let's just stop to think about this before I get to that. And that's this. John is one of the twelve disciples who later became one of the apostles, of the twelve apostles. And you study that, you'll see it. Judas Iscariot had killed himself, and he was a devil. The Bible said he was a devil from the the beginning. So they picked out another to take his place, but I believe Paul is the one that is supposed to take the place and end up with the 12 apostles. And the church, and what we believe today, is built on uh, the apostles' doctrine. That's good doctrine, sound doctrine, right doctrine, Bible doctrine. And if it's not what the apostles taught and preached, it's not good doctrine. You're in trouble if you're leaning on what the world or religion has to say of what is doctrine. Doctrine is right truth. It's right instruction from the Word. And so that's what we want to get at. But I think about it. You hear me say this a lot of times. Out of those 12 apostles, you had three that what I call are the, the inner circle disciples, and inner circle apostles. And when I say that, I mean that they were with Jesus about everywhere He went. Matter of fact, you don't find many places that they weren't. They were always in the limelight. I begin to think about them three. Did you know you can have 15 men and all of them will be different? Let's just look at these three. John in my estimation, of course, my estimation don't matter. A fellow told me the other day, said, in my opinion, well, your opinion don't matter. My opinion don't either. But I've looked at these three fellows, Peter, James, and John, inner circle. I believe Peter's the one that he always run in his mouth. He always spoke without thinking. He chopped the feller's ear off before he knew what was going on. Remember that? He was preaching law and grace. At the same time, and Paul had to straighten him out. And he is after the resurrection. He's sitting in a boat, don't know what to do. God called him to uh, go out and fish for men. And he said, I go a fishing. Seth will. He didn't know what to do. His master had been taken from him. So he said, we'll just go fishing. And the rest of them said, we'll, we'll follow you. We'll go. Remember the story? In the last book of, of, or the last part of the book of John? Well, he, he was that way. He just did that. And then uh, I think John probably is the most mature of any of them. He was probably more... Well, now James was very quiet. You didn't find James. James just went along with what Peter and John said, I believe. Now, you can have a different assessment of that if you'd like. But I look at the Scriptures. 
And I see what I see. But uh, John was always the serious-minded one. I believe he's the one. And the Bible said that he's the disciple that Jesus called the one that he loved. It didn't mean he didn't love the others, but he was just more lovable. You can find men in the church, some of them are just more lovable. Amen. Now I'm looking at some of you saying, who are you talking about around here? But I'm saying this morning, but he was a, he was a special character. Paul, Paul didn't write it, but he was in the crowd, and you can put where you, I think he's probably the most intelligent one of all of them. I believe the others are kind of mediocre. Uh, they would classify it as number one Baptist. Just going along with everything. Just running their life and not paying much attention to how close they get. See, John wanted more of the Lord. Peter wanted more, but he wanted to be involved more. And James wanted more, but he just followed along. And I, I don't believe it wasn't for James, John. James wouldn't have been as strong. Amen. Uh, you'll get that after while you study the Scriptures much. You'll find out James and John and uh, Peter all run together. And they loved the Lord, but they had their own little characteristics about them. And then they had one was a devil. You remember him, Judas? He died, killed himself, hung himself, committed suicide. Amen. Amen. Well, I could... Uh, I guess I could digress on that a little bit, but I'll leave it and go to something else. But looking at this, John even came to the Lord and said to Jesus when he said, one of you is going to betray me. He said, is it I? He wanted to make sure it wasn't him. Now in verse 1 of this chapter, he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. He's going back and thinking about this just a minute, and he's saying, I remember when I heard him. John said, I heard his voice. It wasn't like you and me. I've heard the voice of the Lord too, but it's not been audible. I hear it through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God. Somebody said, Preacher, I ain't never heard him. Be careful. If you've ever been saved, the Holy Spirit's moved in you, You've heard him. You probably listened to Maybe you're not acquainted with his voice much, but you heard him. Kind of like a fellow told me this week. He, he spoke and he said to me, I, I like to get out and talk to people. and Amen, I hear him. And I talked to him and I, and I said, well, you know, the devil's in charge of things. Amen. He said, ah, the Lord's in charge. I said, is that right? He said, oh yeah, God's in charge of all of it. I said, he's doing a bad job. I said, he don't even have you in control. He looked at me funny. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you don't go to church, do you? He said, no, I don't. I said, he can't even get you at the house of God. I'm looking at some of you saying, what would you say that for? I told him the truth. Amen. He looked at me and said, well. I said, well, ain't you, uh, don't you claim to be saved? He said, yeah. I said, the Bible said, forsake not to assemble yourselves together as a manner of some is. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. He said, I ain't listening to you no more. And he walked off. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God has a place for every child of God to grow and it's called the church and the church is called the ground and the pillar of truth. Amen. What do you do if you don't go to church? Right. Do you write Washington? He may not know how to write back. Do you write the governor? Does he follow God? You say, I don't know. Neither do I. But I'm going to say to you, if I want the truth, I'm going to go to the Word of God and the best place to find that is down at the house of God. And if you've got a preacher that won't preach the Word of God, you ought to find you somewhere else to go. Amen. I don't want to stand before God and you say, I wish somebody had told me. I'm telling you. He said, I heard him. I heard him. Oh, I can, can you imagine walking with Jesus for three and a half years and forgetting what he sounded like? 
Can you imagine that? I can't. I was married 54 and a half years and, and my wife, I told somebody the other day, my wife left me. She left you. Yeah, she went to glory. And I haven't got over it, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I was up this morning walking around trying to get ready and head to the house of God and I thought about in our church we got some widowers and we got some widows right here. I've experienced a lot of things and I didn't know how to cont- contend with. Uh, I've got a brother here this morning and, and he remembers this well. I hadn't talked to him about this. But he remembers it well when my dad and his dad, his dad got cancer. And they called the family in. And uh, we were there when he died and uh, uh, shortly there and I, I was looking at that and I thought, you know what? Dad had a testimony and I didn't question where he went. That's right. Amen. But of all, that's the first time I'd had some grandparents that died and I missed them and I know what it was to bury all of my grandparents, one of them I never met. I know what it is for that. I know what kind of place it puts in your heart. And then secondly, my dad died. That probably was the biggest thing that ever happened to me. The hardest thing for me to accept. I miss him today just like it was yesterday. Me and my dad had a very good fellowship and understanding. I mean, when he shook his head, no, that meant that's far enough. I respect him. My dad knowed how to take control and he didn't use pills to calm me down. He had a little piece of leather and he knowed how to use it. And he wasn't taught by the world that I was going... They're going to warp my frame. And he wasn't taught that that was illegal. And he wasn't taught that that's not right. Because he had a Bible that said, talks about correction. And somehow my daddy understood that better than some of the things I ever seen him understand. And when he'd get through using that rod of correction, he'd look at me and he'd say, this hurts me worse than it hurts you. I never could understand that till I had some children. So my daddy passed off the scene. Then my mother, she passed off the scene. But of all those that went before me, the worst I had to contend with that took a toll out of my life was when I had to give up my wife I'd loved for 54 and a half years. And I said, while I go, I ain't over that. I don't believe it'd be one more, but one more thing that would be worse and that's giving up one of my children. But if you need any help on that, talk to Miss Pat over there. Got to be awful, ain't Miss Pat? To give up one of your own children. That's not normal for us to give up children. It can be normal for our spouse, but not our children. But I found out this one thing. My daddy loved some things that people don't love anymore. When I got saved, I noticed what happened. God put some things in my heart that were dear to me. I've never got away from them. I didn't get to them too close for a long time. Number one, if you're born again and you had experience with the Lord and heard Him and saw Him with your eyes and, and uh, handled Him with your hands in verse number one there and you know that you had a, a time with the Lord Jesus, there's some things you'll never forget and there's some things that will happen in your life and that is number one, you're going to love the Word of God. And I know some of you really love it real good you probably spend 20, 30 minutes in it in a whole week. Well, I'm glad God can look on that, but you know that's not fair. That's not fair to the one that wrote it. 
Some of you spend more time on the remote control of your television, more time on Twitter and Facebook, more time in a, all the other things of life than you do opening the Word of God that tells you about the man that reached down into pits of hell and picked you up and saved your soul and set you free. You understand where I'm coming from? That's why I told that fellow the other day, you don't, you don't love the Lord. I didn't say it exactly like that. I told you what I said a while ago, but I look at that. I believe a man or a woman, a boy or a girl that gets saved. You know, I remember this. As a little old boy, I didn't know I was 12 years old when I got saved. But when I was 12 years old, I didn't know how to read the Bible. Much. I knew how to read, but I didn't know how to read the Bible. Every time, for some reason, I would start with Matthew chapter 1 and read all them begets, and I'd lose it all. And now the last two Sundays, I've taught that chapter. <laughs> Going to be two or three more. There's a lot in there. But you know what? As a little boy, my daddy worked for a apple orchard, and then he went into hauling groceries from store to store in the wholesale business. And sometimes they'd have cases of those little yellow uh, scratch pads. You know them little yellow scratch pads? They call them legal pads. Every once in a while they'd bust a case open, somehow accidentally, and the manager there would give my dad a bunch of them. I don't know whether you remember that or not. He'd bring them in, there we were. I couldn't figure out what I was going to write on them. You know what I wrote on them? I sat down and took my Bible. And why, I don't know. I just had a love for the Bible. And I picked them up and I'd take them and I'd write it word for word. Just wanted to write the Word of God. Said, what'd that do for you? Sunk a lot of it in my heart. And I self-consciously kept it there. I didn't know what else to do with them pads, but I done listen, I, I I read the word of God the best I could, but I could not understand it. He said, That's what's wrong with me, preacher. I can't understand it. Well, amen. I fell in love with the author. I said, Who's that, the Holy Ghost? He said, After you saved, yeah, I didn't know how to read the Bible when I first started. And I read it later. Yeah, I began to love it. Right here on November the 27th, 2022, I love it more now than I've ever loved it in my entire life. It does more for me now than it's ever done. And thank God it gets better and better. I'm getting excited. Amen. It's going to get better and better if I stay with it. I was taught all that. I believe every child of God ought to love the Word of God. Or love the Bible. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let me just explain this. My little old wife had outstripped me. I'm sure you ladies remember your husbands. I remember, I know some of you men probably hadn't got over losing your wife. I hadn't. Don't expect ever will. And some of you may be in here saying, lucky you. And wish yours would take off. Amen. You should understand what I'm saying? But listen. We had we had to start dating and somebody asked us to talk about weird. I didn't think anybody asked me, but we got talking about it the other day. And they was talking about somebody proposing to their wife and proposing to their wife. You know, that's some big thing. Only thing is, I never did understand. I never did know that. I was a country boy. I don't know nothing about proposing to a woman to marry him. Me and my wife fell in love. We was driving down the road one day. I remember where that's at. And I was driving down the road one day. And I looked over at her and I said, when are we going to get married? She said, anytime. 
I never proposed. That's, a, that's my proposal. You said, you and I married me. Hallelujah. I got a gun. 54 and a half years. Amen. We weren't shacked up. We weren't living together. On Sunday night, I was going to school. And after church, I'd take, uh, I'd take her home. And then I'd go out behind the back of the car there and throw up. Because I was going to have to be without her for a week. Sick. You ever been uh, uh, lovesick? You hear me preach sometimes, you'll say, I don't see how he'd do that. But I'm going to tell you, I had a love for her. Didn't want to be out of her presence. Didn't want to, uh, that, it wasn't for 54 years I didn't want to. It did happen a few times. I do know what men do when they call it a man cave or a she shed. I don't believe in them. But I understand why some men want to get away for a little while and some wives want to get away a little while. You understand? Just some days, that seems to be the thing. But for all them years, I never got over that woman. I appreciate her and I thank God for it. You said, I didn't come to church to hear about your love affair. I know you didn't. But I'm trying to tell you there's one that you can get today that's better than that. And that's loving the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and soul. If people had bad marriages and rough time in life, they've missed a whole lot. And I looked at all that and I've seen it. But one, one thing that I believe you'll love when you get saved is the Bible. I believe that'll stay on you. And I know some of you say, yeah, Preacher, I know I ought to read it more. Yes, you ought to. You ought to not only just read it, but you ought to study it. I talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Some people read it to see how many times they can read it so they can brag about that and pat themselves on the back. But let me tell you something. You need to read it to learn about Him. The second thing, if you're saved today, that you ought to be like John here. And that is, verse 2, he said, For the life was manifested. You see, in uh, all these things, he's blessed you. And there's things there that you need. And the second thing that you need to love to do is pray. Amen. Now let me tell you, I'll tell you right now, I'm going, not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to... I'm not going to Throw words at you. I'm going to tell you right now. Already I've got two things that is hard for your flesh. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Everybody in this building to some degree has a problem with studying the Word of God all the time. If we were to tell you that you was going to make $10 million by reading the Bible in a week, rest of you to die poor. There wouldn't be many that take that on. You said can't read it in a week. <laughs> How do you know? Try it out for me. Of course, you're not going to learn a whole lot. And praying. You've got to have some... Commu- you know what prayer is? Communication. The Bible, the Word of God and the Lord is talking to you. But in prayer, you're talking to the Lord. You've got to have both of those to have a well-rounded diet. Most of the time, if you'll just stop to think about this morning, God doesn't speak and He's talking to you all the time from the Word of God. And you ain't taking time to talk back to Him. Matter of fact, He'll send you a message every once in a while and you're reluctant to even answer it if you do. He said, well, he don't speak loud. No, he don't. Still small voice. You know, it's easier to put off a still small voice than it is somebody that's screaming at you. Yes, sir. So you'll love the Lord. You'll love the Bible. 
You'll love prayer. Number th four, three, whatever. You'll love the church. There's been a few times in my life that I've tried to find an excuse not to be at the church house. Few. But I mean very few. Sometimes I got out of the will of God. You said, oh, would you get out? Yeah, you get out of the will of God too. Sometimes we get up and find out this flesh ain't saved. God didn't save my flesh. My mind is still the mind I had before I got saved. And sometimes I do things that my mind tells me to do, which is wrong. Somebody said, well, preacher, I've tried to read my Bible all day. I've tried to pray and seek the face of God. And I've tried to go to church every time. To... Well, won't you quit trying and just do it? God said, study to show thyself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't have to ask God, can I study? He's already told you to get at it. You don't have to ask God, can I pray today? He said, pray always. Pray without ceasing. Somebody said, boy, I'm going to get mad at all that. Only thing is, I can't find nothing yet to get mad at. I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Suppose, suppose the pastor, the preacher, the man of God, didn't study any more than you do. Would you like to go hear him? <laughs> nope. <laughs> that boy right there said at my house, he knows what studying is. You still reading your Bible, boy? Yes, Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. We forsake these things because we don't think they're important. But what God tells us to do is important. Now let me just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bear up a minute. I mean, I'm going to let off on that just a minute. I'm, I'm going to take my foot off the accelerator. I'm just going to change gears and stomp it down to the floor. Here we are. People know that they're supposed to read their Bible. They know they're supposed to study. They know they're supposed to pray. They know they're supposed to uh, apply all that word to their heart and life. And you know, if you apply this Bible to your mouth, it'll talk different. Did you know if you apply this Bible to your head, it'll think different? Did you know if you apply this word uh, to your eyes, they'll look different? You know, you... Hey, there's five senses. Anybody know what the five senses are? Ears, hearing, eyes, seeing, mouth, speaking. Huh? I didn't hear all that. All right. Then what else? All right. You got them? Huh? Five, ain't it? Five senses. And you know what? If you will apply them to every avenue of your life, the Word of God, every bit of it will act different. Amen. Said, preacher, I just can't quit this. My daddy done it. My mama come along and done it. And I, I, quit blaming your mama and your daddy. You can quit. Well, I just don't think you're trying to tell me that God is so little and so small that He cannot control your attitudes. Well, you got a mighty weak God, and I can tell you why. It's because you ain't been applying His Word. God said, "Don't lie." Do you think God can give you the power over lying? God said. Not to bear false witness. Do you think God can give you power over that? Yes. God's never asked you to do anything that He couldn't help you with. So, well, I have a hard problem with it. I didn't say you wouldn't. But I'll say one thing. God can do it for you. I've seen that time and time again. You said, Lord, help me to quit cussing in 2032. 
That's about the way we'll pray that way. That's what you're going to do. God said, what about today? You said, well, and, and you hear preachers say that you're going to hell for cussing and all that. Not necessarily. We're talking, let me just go back up. Oh, we've got to back up and get this. I just see, I've seen some marbles rolling around in your head. Let me go see if I can catch a few of them for you. We got the Israelites. Old Testament. You do know the, old, the Israelites is in the Old Testament. They come through the blood at Egypt. They had the blood over the top of the door and down the side post. They come through that. That's typical of being redeemed under the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice. That sacrifice that did not commit any sin. Animals don't do that. They, they're not sinful creatures. They're just creatures. But that's a tip, and, and that blood of them lambs and goats could not, would not, never could not wash away any sin whatsoever. But it's typified the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross of Calvary with no sin whatsoever. Now that's opening more doors, but I ain't got time to preach them. But what happens is now that you've got that, He's going to redeem you. And he does. Nowhere from Genesis to Malachi do you find any place in the Word of God where the Holy Spirit of God ever indwelt any of those Jewish people. The Holy Spirit came down upon the Spirit of the Lord was upon Samson. The Spirit of the Lord was upon David. The Spirit of the Lord was upon any individual that God deemed to have the Spirit of God to do the work. But the work of God was done through the Spirit of God that God sent down. And the Israelites failed miserably. When we come to the end of the book of Malachi, they're as wicked as they've ever been. God has put them in bondage. He's destroyed some of the cities and nations prior to the New Testament Simply because they lived and dominated or were dominated by sin. They forsook God. So the New Testament starts with the Hebrews, the Old Testament people coming out and they're looking for Messiah, but He ain't showed up yet. And then when He showed up, they didn't look for Him. They were looking for a king, but He came to die for them. When Jesus came the first time, He came to die for their sin. Amen. He came to die for my sin. Amen. Didn't come be king over it. The devil's been in control from the time of the garden is cast out all the way down through. Man, that hasn't been in, in domination. Neither has the Lord Jesus. The Bible said that the devil is the God of this age. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's certainly not where God is. So, the Holy Spirit did not come over into the New Testament at that time. So the Lord worked among them, didn't need no Holy Spirit, because He was with them. He ruled, didn't exactly rule, but He Walk with them for three, 33 and a half years, totally, as a child, and then as, a, as, a, as the Christ. And He died for them on the cross of Calvary. You understand this? And then He went to the grave, and on the third day He arose. The greatest bombshell that's ever been hit in the head and the face of, of Satan is when he rose from the dead on the third day. Brother, that was the determining factor. He'd been trying to keep him from dying, but he couldn't. He ascended up into heaven off the Mount of Olives. Sit down at the right hand of the Father today. He's making intercession for you and me. He's the great high priest. And then he went to, on the day of Pentecost... The Holy Ghost come down, which is the person of the, of, the, of the Trinity. And here He is. He comes and He moves into the heart of every born again child of God. Did you know you're possessed, if you're saved, by the Spirit of God? Amen. Amen. 
That is the factor today that's keeping this world out of sin or keeping it from getting as awful as it is. One of these days, the Lord's going to come and get the church, you and I, who are made up of Jews and Gentiles, and we have the Spirit of God. And it's not because the church is able to control things. It's the Spirit of God that's in the church and in the believer. Which is directing me and directing you. And then he's going to revert back to them Jews. Going to deal with them Jews. I ain't got time to preach all that. But what I'm trying to tell you is we're in the day of grace. Somebody said, well, don't won't we have to pay a price? Yes, sir. All sin has to be dealt with. Jesus died with our sin on the cross of Calvary, same as with the Gentiles. I mean, with the Jews, excuse me. And he's he's going to Deal with her and judge them. But we ain't got there yet. A lot of things and I don't want to open up something I don't have time to preach on. But if you'll study that, you'll see that we're at the place of the coming of the Lord. I'm looking for the Lord to come any day to get us. Now what's happening? And we got a lot of things. Now let me tell you, have you ever thought about sickness? Anybody know what sickness is? When you don't feel good. All right. You must be some of you sick every day, but let me just talk about this a minute. Somebody said, How come we got sickness? How come some folks suffer with sickness? How come we have pain? I'm going to take time to. I already done run my course, but I got some more to say. Why do we have sickness on the earth? Sometimes God allows us to be born with sickness. Sometimes we obtain sickness after we're born. Can anybody remember Fanny Crosby? Fanny Crosby was blind, but she wasn't blind all her life. She was blind. She could see when she was a little baby. She didn't know what she was seeing, I guess. But she was young. And the doctor put, according to what I remember, he put drops in her eyes that wasn't the right thing and blinded her. Anybody heard anything different than that? You said, when you mention Fanny Crosby, she wrote them, somebody named me a song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. How many loves that song? I do. Yeah. Poor old Fanny Crosby. She couldn't see a light of day. She wrote many more songs. You could name some more. And she wrote those songs. What a blessing that woman was. If she had had eyesight, she probably wouldn't have been that great of a lady. So sometimes God gives us sickness to glorify Him. She did. Sometimes we get sickness... Because of our evil life. Just because we don't obey the Word of God, you can go on as a young man or a young woman and decide you're going to live any way you want to live. You're not going to pay no attention. This Word is not going to dominate you. You're not going to allow it to touch your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, what you do, where you go, what you say, how you live. I've had people say, like that fella is going to sell his old mule. Deacon asked him, what are you going to do with that mule? I'm going to go sell it. He said, you mean you're going to go sell it, Lord willing? He said, no, it's my mule. I paid for it. Went on up the road and they jumped out and hurt him real bad and stole his mule and he come walking back up the road to the deacon's house. He said, what happened to you? He said, somebody jumped out and stole my mule. And work me over. He said, what you going to do now? He said, I'm going home, Lord willing. (laughs) So I'm saying sometimes you do it, Lord willing. And sometimes you don't do it, Lord willing. Sometimes you say, my life is my life. Where I go is what I want. It's my business. What I say is my business. uh, How I live is my business. 
Lord ain't got nothing to do with it. Lying. You're lying. He owns you. He born you into the family of God. He saved you. He's, he occupies you. He lives in you. You said, but I can't follow Him. Try it. God ain't going to beat you in the head and said, shut your mouth, quit lying. He did, we'd all be dead. That's how I know it ain't happening. <laughs> I'm telling you, some of you may think you can do certain things and the, and the Lord God's not going to pay no attention to you because you're such a good person. Get that out of your life. We're rotten to the core. I don't trust this flesh. I don't trust your flesh. Have we had enough? Okay. I'm going ten more minutes now. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is one more point I'm going to add to that. After you've done that for 20, 30 years of your life and all of a sudden now you've got this disease and that disease and this heartache and that heartache and everything, nothing but trouble, trouble, trouble. You come to church one day and you said, Preacher, pray for me. I'm going to have to have a test made. I'm going to have to have an operation. My, 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 my back's are killing me. My heart's are hurting. Oh, preacher, keep, keep me in prayer. Pray, 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 pray. You're going in the wrong direction. Now that may be the will of God for some of us. But check back and make sure you had not done something to egg God on to get your attention. Sometimes God will put you flat to your back because that's the only time He can talk to you. I didn't want to hear all that, preacher. I know you didn't. But my job is to give you the whole ball of wax, not just a little melted corner. My job is to tell you what God says. And then if you keep on going after God's done showed you what's wrong, don't tell me you hadn't had some kind of sickness and you searched your heart to find out what it was and God showed it to you, but you wouldn't admit it. And you wouldn't go back to the church and say, folks, I've been doing this and been doing that and I want the church to forgive me because I believe that's what I'm having problems with my life on. You know why? We've got too much pride to tell anybody. So we go on. Next thing you know, you've been diagnosed with a terminal disease. And you get up and you say, Preacher, pray for, let the church pray for me. Lay hands on me. Oh, preacher, do all this. They even look at the preacher sometimes. I had a man had cancer and he called me to his house. And he said, Preacher, you live right over here. And I said, Preacher, he said, Preacher, I got a terminal disease. I got cancer. And they say, I got six weeks to live. He said, Preacher, he went over and shut the door. I'm in the little living room with him. And he said, Preacher, got down my face and he said, I got a quite a bit of money. Sits over yonder in the bank. He said, If you can pray for me and get this cancer removed, he said, I'll give you every penny I got. And I said, uh, sir, I'm not Jesus. I appreciate the thought that I've got that much power with God. But sir, I haven't. I said, I don't know your life and what you've been doing for these years, but I do know God said this appointed unto me and wants to die. Now if this is the judgment. And I can't I can't forgive your sin. I can't remove that. I can't I'm not a doctor, and doctors done told you he couldn't do it. And Jesus could. He could heal you this minute in a split second. But sir, don't ask me to fill in the place of Christ because he knows what's best. Because the Bible says, there is a sin unto death. Let me give you this, read it, and we'll go home. I guess you know I could stay a while. I don't get through. 
But look what he says in verse 16 of chapter 5 of the book of 1 John, same book you're in. It says, if any man see his brother, that means a saved person, sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Amen. And we just look at that. There is what we call a sin unto death. That means you've forsaken God. You've thrown God out of your mind. Gone. Where's the Jews at tonight? They're in a little land having to fight day and night to hope and hold on to their homeland. They're going to get all that land. God said they would. But they're right now suffering because they have not honored God. That's why the Jew is not in his homeland completely. Now, God says if you're going to be in the church, and you're going to continue to sin and sin and sin. God said there's going to come a time, no need praying for me for that anymore. I'm not going to save you. I'm going to let you die. You're saved. You're coming to glory. You could have had a better life here. Some of you, and I want to say to you today, everybody in this building could have already had a better life than what we've got right now. But we don't pay God any attention. God wants all your attention. Heads bowed. God wants to bless you. I've tried to tell you the best I could. I know I've not done a good job with that. But I've tried my best to tell you and warn you to flee from the wrath to come. I'm fixing to preach on that, and I pray that God will help us understand it. May God have His way. What's the number this morning? 307 in the Red Book. Let's stand. If you need the altar for some reason, it's open. I'll meet with you. Somebody will. I've tried to preach you the truth. Nothing but the truth. How about it?